This is the Content Recruiter Podcast. Nate, it is episode 16 of the Content Recruiter. Just like that. Just like that. Uh, still need to work on the intro, but welcome back for another fun-filled 30 minutes on this wonderful Tuesday. How are you feeling? You good? Feeling great. Good. We, we have some topics here. <clears throat> we do have some topics inspired by LinkedIn. Um, go figure. Go figure. LinkedIn, that cesspit of fake <laughs> posts masquerading as thought leadership content i um before we get into the topics it's becoming quite unbearable at the moment linkedin for me mm-hmm. just in terms of the amount of engage and i'm probably just bitter to be fair in terms of the amount of engagement some posts get um mm-hmm. when they're just clearly bullshit lies yeah 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 i know um so before we kick off quick update um, those who listen to this thing regularly and um, genuinely thank you for doing so, we are. We mentioned on a post, uh, sorry, on an episode a few weeks ago that we're going to launch a talent pitch. Um, and Nate and I have just come off calls with two of the presenters. So this thing's actually going ahead on the 10th of May. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it, Nate. How are you feeling? Me too. Me too. These, uh, these prep calls have been fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a cool. It's going to be a cool new thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. And this is so. This the whole premise on this is we get TA leaders or people who run a, a talent acquisition team um, or senior TA partners or whatever to come along and pitch a role within their team. And we're going to get a load of recruiters in a room together. They're going to do their pitch. They're going to sell the company. They're going to tell you about the tech stack, the salary, the location, the working model. Um, and a little bit about the business and it's going to be a bit more of an interactive style of a conventional style job board um so hopefully you get to connect with people on a human level which will be nice so uh, looking forward to that 10th of may uh what time nate 3 p.m eastern 12 o'clock pacific uh and 8 p.m over in the u of the k okay so a late one for me thank you nate you're welcome Um, oh yeah this is only about yeah, yeah, what works for me. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so five days ago, we um, I posted about one person having the power to take recruiters out of the reactive state that they find themselves in today. And that person being the employer brand person within the business. And then I saw a notification, Nate. Yes. From fellow podcast co-host, Nate Goodyear. (laughs) What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, my thoughts were first and foremost that, you know, maybe, maybe we're not, maybe we're not talking about employer branding as we've been talking about it anymore. What I mean by that is like, there's this, <clears throat> there's been an idea of what employer branding means. It means that it's uh, it's kind of like one, one person or maybe like a small team inside of a company who puts together campaigns and 
strategies to promote the company to the outside world. And I just don't think that's it anymore. And after that, that posted you, it made me, that post you put out made me think about, I think we're now just talking about employees posting on social at whatever scale you can reach. And so then it got me thinking about the role, this employer branding role, and maybe that role is just like going away and maybe it should actually be this like person who coordinates this whole thing and is more like a head of internal content. And their job is to really empower and enable employees who want to have some kind of public presence and get them out there and doing that thing, which might be a little bit controversial in the world of employer branding, but like, I don't know. I'm just like, all, all I'm looking at is like, what's most relevant today and what aligns most with people's behavior today. And that's it. It's not about like, is employer branding good? Is it bad? Like any of that kind of stuff. It's just really more like looking, taking this like pr pragmatic look at like what the hell's going on in the world and the way that we behave as individuals and aligning with that. And this seems like the direction it should be going in. Hmm. You know, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick, so I'm just going to say it. I think employer brand people almost put on this, um, that, that, that they try and stay relevant inside a business. Yes. By... And we use this practitioner word before. I cannot stand this word practitioner. Yeah. I cannot bear it. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> In the world of marketing, either B2C, B2B, um, I know some unbelievable VPs of marketing who you have conversations with and they openly admit that they are constantly learning what it's like to live in this digital world and how to attract people to either buy their product, get a demo, attract talent, whatever the, the, the outcome is that they're aiming for. And so I think when we call people like practitioners, it almost gives off, it gives off this sense to me anyway. And it's just, I know this sounds really um, like small. It's not, it's not that important, but it almost gives off this sense that they've got it nailed. They've got it all figured out. And I don't think anyone's got it figured out anymore. Mm -mm. Like consumer behavior, everyone's behavior, my own behavior has changed so much in the last two years. Like it is, it is scary, even the little nuanced things that I probably don't even understand myself yet and the way my behavior has changed since the pandemic and stuff. But um, I almost feel like with traditionally be people, and I mean this in a nice possible way. I genuinely do. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade. And, and you know, we've all, like, I've got massive faults well with, with recruitment. I'm trying to sort things out in my own career and figure some stuff out and, and all that sort of stuff. But I almost think there's like a level of bit of a, a bit of an arrogance around what EB actually means and that it's such a rigid thing and, um, and, and, and the feeling of how it should be versus the reality of what it actually is today. And I feel like, I'm looking at some comments from a post I, I put out there today talking about how, how EB people should really be like the gatekeeper to um, 
to employee content. So people create content, EB refines it, they amplify it, they pick the channel, they put it out there. For me, that's just utter bollocks. Like that makes no sense to create one single point of failure who then affects the whole velocity, um, the volume, controls the style. Like it makes no sense to me. Why would you want someone to put a veneer over the content that one of your colleagues has created to keep it on brand in inverted commas? Like I've oh, seen people... God. Oh, mate, honestly, I'm seeing people from, I saw a woman, um, I actually approached her because I wanted her to appear, appear on this podcast just so we could get the message across from a different angle. Director of social at Nike. Um, <laughs> the, the reason we're laughing is because the, the, the British pronounce Nike, Nike. <laughs> <laughs> In my experience, I, don't. I think it's a northern thing, to be fair. The, the, the southerners are far more affluent than, than me. But okay. um, anyway, and she, she's, um, I've been watching a post, this, this lady from Nike for a while, and she, um, she's just so honest about things. Doesn't talk mm. about brand, uh, sorry, doesn't talk about the product, doesn't talk about, like she's not trying to sell Nike as a concept or trying to sell products or anything. She just talks about herself and her experiences. And my, like a post today, Nike have basically asked all their people to go back to the office three days a week. And so she's like hyperventilating and getting nervous about like kids, not hyperventilating, that's a ridiculous way to say it. She wasn't hyperventilating at all. She was, she was talking about the plans to get the kids into school, uh, how it's going to work logistically, picking them up, all that stuff that parents go through to mm-hmm. um, when they go back to the office. And, and almost like just being very raw, like there's no negativity about Nike, but she was almost, you know, weighing up the positives and negatives in a post. Could you imagine if an EB person got that and saw a whiff of them even talking down the company at all? They would like chop that post in half and totally reconstruct it. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Which is a huge engagement, huge, huge engagement, way over a thousand reactions you know, tens, if not hundreds of comments, you know, the reach will be massive. Mm-hmm. Just being honest. Just being honest. Yeah. And that's like, okay. All right. So I'm thinking about a couple of things. There's, um, all right. I want to break this down again, just like in the, in the simplest, uh, in the simplest language. Okay. So what we're talking about is this movement, this Things are moving in the direction of people, individuals having their own voices and having this freedom and this autonomy to post things that they want to post in an informal way without really like any structure around it. And that is currently what employer branding or talent marketing, whatever is. Like, I think you and I are like kind of taking that stance. Like that's, that's like what we're saying it is. It's not like that's where it's going or things are moving in that direction or whatever. It's like, no, that, that's like just what it is right now. And that is going to continue to change. And like the key to this whole thing is like realizing that markets and be, human behavior evolves over time. And so what employer branding was at one point is no longer what it is today. And it just like, it, it's, 
it's humorous and it's also frustrating when people want to fight really, really hard to keep things the way they've always been because it either protects their ego or it protects their job. Um, instead of being like, hey, things are changing and this is a really cool opportunity to do things differently. Um, I think this woman at Nike that you're talking about is a great example of how it like dis it, it uh, it's easy to make the argument like, oh, that's easy. That, that would be easy for a startup to do, but, but I can't imagine doing it at a huge company. Well, like Nike is about as big as it gets. Um, and sure. You know, you could argue that like, well, Nike doesn't need any help hiring people. And I would imagine that that's not true because I'm sure every, it feels like every single company is, is struggling to hire right now. And being able to relate with a human being is one of the best ways to get people is, is to make your brand human. Um, the other thing that I want to, that I want to make sure to hit on is like, the only way that what we're talking about works is if you remove all formality from the thing and you, you let this be what it is intended to be, which is, which is human. Again, like I just like use that word again, but it's like, that's what it is. And so to think that having this type of content run through a person who's like the arbiter of what is human or what is, is uh, qualified to be put out publicly is like the antithesis of this happening or of this actually working, not to mention running this through a department or a single person, whatever to filter it is going through somebody whose primary objective is keeping their fucking job. So what they're going to do is they're going to PR the shit out of this they're going to make sure that it fits the company narrative and that it appeases those people who sign off on brand so they can like keep their job. And what's going to come out is going to be this like vanilla, super safe, hand wavy bullshit that none of us like that all of us are like super numb to. There's my piece. I just, I can't, I like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I cannot believe that somebody thinks that that is the way that this kind of thing should go is, is like, fine, we're going to let our people, our people post and we're going to show our personality and all this kind of stuff, but it needs to run through me first. Like, fuck you. It needs to run through me first. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Just arrogant, isn't it? It, it is. It's like, who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? Oh, I'm employer brand. Wait, what is employer brand? Cause for me, it just means like, I know there's all these cliches kicking around, like how do you make people feel when, or what do people say about you when you're not in the room and all that sort of stuff. But genuinely, like how do you make people feel about your company? Man, can I give you a really good, a good example right now? Please. Somebody... I want to talk about a tweet from Elon Musk after this, just to give some context. Okay. Um, so uh, there's a guy I've mentioned before. His name is, um, I think his name is Kieran... Kieran Flanagan. HubSpot. The HubSpot guy, right? Brilliant. Isn't he so smart? Brilliant. I know, I know. He might be my new favorite marketer. But anyway, so, so the guy works at HubSpot. Yeah. The senior guy, the senior marketer, uh, senior marketing position at HubSpot. 
He drops bombs on LinkedIn whenever he posts. And then he also does a podcast with another guy that I've seen him promote. And I've never listened to it, like full disclosure, but from what I see from his post and other people sharing it and stuff, it's got to be great. And um, if you just like look at what that says, it shows that one HubSpot lets their people like totally off the leash, like go, go talk about whatever you want. And this guy is like a total like subject matter expert on marketing and he drops bombs. He talks about the fact that he has his own personal newsletter and he drives people to his newsletter. Okay. He has his own podcast with somebody else and he promotes that. And obviously HubSpot's super cool with that. And it's like, I got to tell you, I use HubSpot anyway, but like this shows a lot about their culture and the way that they feel about their people. It's really cool. It makes you want to use them more. It, dude, it, yeah, it really does. It's really, it's really neat that, that, they, that one of their employees can have all of this stuff going on and, uh, and, and it just like still relates back to the business. Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really cool. I agree. Um, very quickly, whilst we're on this, whilst we're talking about what damage people can actually do on social, which is very little, slash no damage at all, because okay. nobody remembers. Like, do you remember what you posted two weeks ago, personally? Yeah, no. No. And I can guarantee, like, your audience readers will just be, like, they've got no idea. Okay. Elon Musk dropped a tweet on the 23rd of April with the emoji of a pregnant man which is interesting um and then side by side bill gates looking fat okay so he's got a bit of a belly he's smiling away he's got the little pregnant man emoji there yeah yeah showing nate and look at the caption he's put in case you need to lose a boner fast with a picture of <laughs> bill gates and a pregnant man emoji now, that might not feel awfully appropriate for a recruiting podcast. Why are we talking about this, I hear you say? 1.3 million people reacted to that tweet. 69.3 thousand people replied. And we're over here saying we have to check our colleagues' content to make sure it isn't offensive. Or to make sure it's on brand. It doesn't get less on brand than Elon Musk talking about Bill Gates. Like it couldn't be further away. Or maybe it is on Brad Finn. I don't know. But EB people, just fucking relax, will you? Just relax. Yeah, re relax and, and, and see. I'll tell you what, just on the side note, if someone was checking my content, I wouldn't want to do it. Like I'm just being honest, I wouldn't want to put it out there. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it'd be brutal. Um, and I, I want... I want EB people to like get excited about the fact that like their, their role, even their title. Like I, I, I know like people can say titles don't matter and all that kind of stuff, but like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into this head of internal content or something like that. Like, it's just, it's different. It gets you out of this, like, <sighs> honestly, it, it just sounds like a hell of a lot more, um, interesting and uh, something that could get a lot more respect inside. Like, it's just, it sounds like something that's more accurate. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I like it. <clears throat> so 
Okay. Covered. We don't like, we're not a fan of it. Don't be that AB person that, that holds the keys to distribution and channel. Don't do it. Um, <clears throat> Nate, want to talk to you about an experience. I'm, for anyone that, that follows this podcast, I'm a freelance recruiter. I've dipped in and out of companies for a few months. Um, I, at a time, <clears throat> I'm in the process of applying for some gigs at the moment. And I applied for a role with a company yesterday uh, when their ATS is workday. So I got the dreaded create an account here to apply for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I bounced straight away. I saw the mess. I saw it. I saw the prompt, the call to action, create account. Like it's got the two little, it's got a signing box. So it's got the create account. I forgot your password underneath. I was like, I am not creating an account to apply for a job. Never on this planet am I going to do that. What don't ATSs get about this process? Because as a, as, a, as a candidate, someone who's going through this process, you are applying for various roles throughout the day. I have no desire to create an account for every single role that I apply for. What's going on here? Man. So. Because some, some of the messages I get back, by the way, before you kick off are, um, oh, it's for compliance reasons. Well, that makes no sense because not every ATS does it. <laughs> Compliance for what? I'm, I'm giving my data away to apply for a job. Yeah, I mean... If I, get, if I get hit with a bunch of sales messages, I can see why that would be sort of data misuse and, and companies will be... Will you know, be caught, I, just don't, I just don't get it, Nate. I don't understand it. I... I uh... I feel for people who work at large enterprise companies mm. who have to who who have to like suffer the fact that their customers or their vendors or their job candidates whatever are just getting a terrible experience because their company has so many layers of policy that like lawyers have put in place yeah as like these cover your ass barriers. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's this like, oh my God, it's terrible, right? Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, I, you know, again, like your posts prompt me to like think about stuff a lot. And so that's why I, I like, I really, I actually really appreciate that. I mean, I mean that genuinely. Um, and so this, this got me thinking about the fact that like in, in HR tech, the HR tech companies, software providers, they don't view candidates as their customers. They view companies as the customer because the companies are the one who are paying them big bucks. And so what they do is, you know, they create everything for companies because the only thing that matters to a software company is, is recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, if it's, we're going to just break it down that simplistically, it's like, what is going to get a big enterprise company to pay us every month or every year, big dollars to continually use our platform. And we're just gonna keep creating features for them. And the ones who suffer are the end users of that software once companies implement it, which are candidates. 
And so it's like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take much to realize that like having a candidate jump through these different, like these different hoops just to apply for a job doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. But like, and, and I, I ended up engaging in like a kind of a cool, like little back and forth with a guy in that thread. And, it, and I was thinking like, man, when it comes to selling software, the move these days is to remove as much friction as possible in that buying process. Like you're seeing things like, you know, product led growth, free trials have been around for a long time. You can play with the software before you have to commit to it. We're seeing like different pricing models with like usage based pricing, which are allowing people to kind of like dabble first. And then there's a lot of like internal growth mechanisms to upsell the product and stuff like software companies are like getting smarter and smarter about ways to have like low, very low friction, very low barriers of entry to get into using the software and then ways to like ramp that up. But my God, could there be any more friction on the candidate side? No. And so, but, but if a software company saw the candidate as this is my customer, this is actually like who I'm creating stuff for. How can I give them the best experience and force companies to comply with that? Boy, that'd be a different approach, wouldn't it? Yeah, it definitely would. And I can almost see the pitch from like ATS providers. <clears throat> I don't think many do this, to be fair. But it's the big ones, isn't it? Taleo. It is. It's the big, yeah, it's the big ones. And, and I don't think anybody likes those. From what I hear, like nobody really likes using them. But like, you, you know, the sh- here, I'll, I'm going to, one more thing, and then I promise I'm going to let you talk. Um, no, no, it's not, don't worry. The, the, the terrible thing about enterprise software is that it take it's so painful to undo. Yeah. People right? just they don't want to do it. So they just keep using it. Yeah. And uh, you can almost see the sales pitch going off in the boardroom of these huge ATS providers where they're like, oh, well, if someone really is desperate to apply for a job or they're desperate to join this company, they'll go through the process. Right, right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, what's been going on in your world? What's been happening in your feed this week, mate? In my feed mm. this week? Oh boy. I don't anything know. interesting? I'm trying to think if there's been anything interesting. No. I don't think so. No. Nothing nothing's coming to mind, but I think we've covered it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um I agree. I um I wanna before we wrap up, God, that was quick. It felt quick. 30 minutes, yeah. I went flew by. I um before we wrap up, kind of, I, I genuinely, um, I I know a lot of people in employer brand. A lot. What's, what's a lot mean? I know some people in employer brand, and they're great. Like they they put their hearts into it. They they they're very very good at what they do. Great marketers, and they're often constrained by either the size of a team or the budget, and trying to fight for more resources um but i keep going back to this thing and it is actually travis travis scott who posted on um who dropped a comment on my post today who basically said like employer brands there as a as a recruitment enablement support and it was like 
Like, I don't think you could have said it any better. Like, employer mm-hmm. brand really is there to support recruiters. It is. That's their job, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, don't feel like you have to become this, you know, guardian of like brand and hold the keys to everything that gets distributed because like nothing's going to go wrong. Nothing major is going to happen. Aside from having like a crazy employee who goes nuts and talks about political issues and, and, and goes crazy. But, but you know what the thing is, is, is like that person is going to do that anyway. Like, you, you, you know, you, they're not going to do it because you, you, you created this, uh, this environment where people are free to post on LinkedIn. Like if, if you have somebody who wants to like do things real quick and then we'll go. Yeah. Okay. Companies, especially tech companies have a bigger issue letting their employees talk about whatever the hell they want in Slack than they do about them saying the wrong thing on social. Slack at companies, especially in tech, are fueled with conversations about really, really hot button topics that like I've heard stories. Okay. So if it's like, for some reason, it's like, okay, we're going to let that go on internally, but like letting our people post publicly on like LinkedIn is like way too risky. It doesn't make any sense. The other thing too, is like, if you have this employee who's going to, who, who is, who, or who would fly off the handle, they have their own personal account. They're going to go do it anyway. It's not going to be because you let them post on LinkedIn. They're going to go to Twitter or whatever, and they're going to be fighting with people. And like, they're just that kind of person. Um, you can't do anything about that. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And this idea that like this is going to happen organically, I think is I think he's wrong as well. I don't I don't think employer brand does happen organically. I don't think you just create this like great culture and everyone's really, really happy. And so they then go out of the way to post. Like people can be happy in a job and still not like share the message. And so oh yeah. Supporting and educating people on you have to, distribution yeah. and channels and format and consistency and, and making sure they're there often. And rewards as well. Like, how are they going to be rewarded for this thing and compensated for putting in the extra work? Um, all of that stuff like takes effort. It takes time, and that's definitely a job for an employer brand person um, to to get stuck into. It's a huge project. So, um, so yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot to unpack within this. I know it's a, a kind of a bit of a whiny episode, but um, I think it needed to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anything else on your mind? No. All right now. Cool. All right. We'll see you for episode 17 next week. All right, brother. Cool. See you, mate.